Thank you for tuning in. You're watching Burnham Podcast on YouTube or maybe on Rumble. You can also find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. So wherever you've found it, know that you can find it other places too. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for watching. If you like what you see, here's how you can help. Head over to patreon.com slash Burnham Project. Thank you very much. Today on Burnham Podcast, I have my good friend Ishmael Woods on. He's a, a father, a son, an awesome buddy, and he handles things over at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, this is Burnham Podcast, and today I'm your host, Chris Pyle. We're live. Here we go. Hey, I'm here with Ishmael Woods. This is a longtime buddy of mine. Um, he's a friend, a, a husband. He's been a youth pastor. He's been mm. all kind of things. Uh, a salesman, a uh, substitute teacher, and currently you're the head of the Boys and Girls Club in Rome, Georgia, right? I'm director of the South Rome unit. So. There you go. Well, there's a long story that it comes before you getting that job, right? Correct. Correct. Right. Well, let's Correct. go back. As far as you want to go back, let's hear about little Ishmael. <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> little Ishmael. I don't think I've ever been little. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I grew up here in Rome, Georgia. Uh, been here all my life, even went to college here at Shorter. Uh, it was college for the first two years I was there. Then it changed it to university. Uh, but however, let's let's go back. Um, so um, I grew up in a single parent home. Uh, there was for for the longest, I guess, for the first nine years. Uh, it was just the three of us. Um, so I had a, I have a twin brother, Emmanuel, um, who also works here in Rome, and then I have a uh, I have an older sister named Veronica. And she is at Gainesville Medical Center. She works in environmental services, and she's the director. So, um, anyway, uh, then later on in life, uh, we got a little sister. Her name's Tiffany. So there was four of us for the most part, um, and we grew up in a in a single parent home. Uh, Dad was in and out, um, so that was that was kind of a tough thing. And uh, it's actually a huge part of my story, and I'll, I'll get into that as we talk. Um, but anyway. Uh, my mom, she was a, um, she was a loving mom. She was a great mom. Right? She's sweet. Yeah, Super sweet. yeah. Um, you know, I, I will say that she had to be, she had to be tough in ways that people would be like, "Hey, that's child abuse." But <laughs> <laughs> we got beat, right? We got yeah, beat. Yeah. yeah, we got beat. So, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I really think if if she wasn't that, if she wasn't that way. Uh, I couldn't be the guy that I oh, am. Oh, for today. sure. There's yeah, no yeah, telling where yeah. I ended up. My mom didn't beat me right, down. Right. I remember this one time. I was I was 16. Right. Um, it was actually the last time I got a whooping. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my my dad was a Rolling Stone, so he had the other kids. Um, so Lamar Jr. Uh, he he lived around the corner from us in in East Rome, and uh, I was actually like hanging out with him one day. Um, uh, and you know he, he wasn't living the best life. But uh, I remember I was hanging out with him, just talking with him on the corner. My mom pulls up out of nowhere, and she's like, you get your butt home right now. She didn't let me get in the car or nothing. I had to walk home, and she was ready for me when I got home. <laughs> that was the last whooping I got. <laughs> she told me up. But anyway, uh, my mom, she was, she was a great mom. Uh, like I said, I couldn't be the guy I am without her. But anyway, 
Um, just to kind of get into like how I got to where I'm at right now. So anyway, single parent home, you know, just living life. Uh, one thing that my mom did, she always sent us to church, right? She never went to church, but every Sunday there was a church bus there to pick us up. So started hearing about started hearing about the Lord very early in our lives. Uh, I can't say that we were really submitted to him or, or living it out. Now that I'm an adult, I can see the ways that he was kind of working yeah. in my life. Yeah. The entire time, you know, right. um, didn't really understand that as a kid, but he was definitely there, um, definitely sending us on a different path than everybody who was around us. Yeah, for That's sure. That's not only me, but those was my brothers and my sisters, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, as we growing, uh, obviously we're all over the place as far as like most of the time we're in Rome. There, there was a short span in our lives where we went to Cleveland, Ohio for three months, uh, went to Rock Mart for a couple of for a couple of, I didn't even know about the Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, part. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe for a couple of, and there, there's a whole nother story about with that that I'm not going to get into. But you know, um, all the time we're always going to church. Uh, we get back to Rome. We're in South Rome. We're in East Rome. We're in North Rome. So anyway, we're always on the move uh, normally in the projects in those different areas or in Section A housing. So, but anyway, my life really began to change. Uh, probably right after middle school. Um, um, I, like I said, I always went to church, but I was walking through the parking lot. So back in the day, you know, you didn't like get on your phone to go on the internet. You walked to the local library yeah. to uh, get on the computer in their computer lab. So we, was, me and my brother, we left the house one day, walking to the library, and we'd never let our kids down. We were leaving East Rome and walking <laughs> to the library right. over here. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we met a guy. Uh, at First Presbyterian Church, right? A guy named Bill Pardue and uh, Brown and Wood, right? Um, and they just invited us. They didn't even invite us to church. They were like, hey, we we do summer here with all the kids all the time. Hey, we're going to Six Flags tomorrow. Now, at this point. <laughs> That's how you get them. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, at this point, I never I never uh, been to Six Flags, right? Um, but at the time, there was a booming commercial. Uh, the that dancing always came, guy? The old dude there. Yeah. So I was like, hey, we're going to Six Flags. So we went home. We told our mama, hey, this dude from a church downtown invited us to Six Flags. Can we go? And he said, we don't even have to pay. So, you know, we was right there. But the cool right. thing, and like this one, this one thing started changed. Like, like I, I really started getting the word, right? So we went to Six Flags, but they invited us to Bible study. And they did this thing called High Noon. So what you would do is you would show up and then have this paper. There it was written out how you would do you would spend time with God like just you and God and so that was the first time that we that I really learned I guess in a way discipleship right and so we would go in this room you go in a quiet area to a corner to yourself and you would read through this Bible study it'll show you how to pray and it actually give you the words for the prayer it was really cool not only that another part of my story is this right so always moving around like you never really got the education that you need you yeah. in and out of schools different schools yeah. you know at the time you learn different uh I, I would say i'd probably a problem child you know misbehavior so there's a lot of times like i didn't get the reading part you know uh That's honestly, same way we, yeah. moved, we moved around a lot <laughs> honestly dude. i didn't really start reading until i was about fifth grade so you know most of the churches i went to you know it was king james version nothing wrong with king james right but, but i uh, speak right i ain't know i ain't hey i could barely read and this don't make any sense uh, to me 
But it was the first time I actually opened the Bible, uh, ESV to be exact, and I could understand the word. Oh, this kind of sound like how we talk, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's when I really started grasping. Hey, you know, this word good, you know. Um, but anyway, long story short, uh, the youth pastors there they were kind of like you know mentors to me. You know, they did the discipleship, and, and you know, things started to change, right? So I remember later on that summer. This when I first like, hey, I always knew Jesus died for my sins, right? I ain't know why. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You just hear that as a kid. Yeah. Hey, Jesus died for your sins. Okay. All right. Yeah. What now? Yeah. But you never know that you did anything wrong, right? Or you know, you never you never realize, hey, I'm living the wrong way, right? So I think that summer was the first time I realized, hey, I should have this relationship with this God. And I've been living this. I've been living wrong the whole time. Like when I'm disobedient to my to my mom. When I'm disrespectful yeah. at school. Yeah. When I'm with my friends and we acting a fool. Because I was a clown, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we still clown, man. So I, I was a clown. So we acting a fool. Like really, all this stuff, seeing right. And like I was shocked when I realized I did something wrong, right? Because I was like. He died because I did something wrong. Like he didn't do nothing wrong. Like, I've been nothing hearing this all wrong. my life, and I didn't know I was wrong. And I was like, man, I, I gotta surrender my life to to this guy. You know, obviously, when you're in middle school, you get the you you're on your way to high school. A lot of things about to change, and you start living how how you want to, or it's about to how, get tougher. Yeah, yeah, or how or how your friends want you to, right? Also, about this time, I guess. Really, ninth grade, I met a guy named Randall Ray. Yeah. Right. And, and this this the huge part of my life right here. Uh, and I hope I don't get emotional, but this 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 the huge part of it's my okay life. It's okay if you do. Like a, little, like a little bit at a time, like God's just putting people in my life to show me him, right? But I think I think Randall Ray was the biggest example of who God is. You know? He's one of the <laughs> most pure-hearted people I've ever met. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, that doesn't. He, he don't want anything from anybody except for maybe help him to go do stuff for other people is the only thing he's ever asked of anybody that I know of. Yeah. That's that's pretty pure-hearted of a human yeah. right there. Uh, as we speak, he's in a different country doing something, ain't he? Or is right. he back right now? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like Uganda or something right no, now no, or something, ain't he? He's actually in, uh, yeah. Right now. Yeah. At the brink of war. Yeah. Yeah. And I talk to him every day. He, he's not coming home. That's, that's what I love about him. He's just being. He don't care if it costs yeah, him his life. <laughs> he don't care at yeah, all. Yeah. Um, but you know, just to get back to what I was saying, like, like Randall definitely came in my life, and, and like became a like a dad to me. Um, and so, like I tell people all the time, when when I looked in the stands when I was, you know, wrestling or doing cheerleading, yes, I was, I was a male cheerleader, and people they normally don't believe that. They'd be like, come on, man. both you of you play, were, wouldn't you? Played football, yeah. My brother, he came on the team when when one of our guys got hurt. So didn't nobody did say nothing to y'all. Not they too many times, not because <laughs> I mean he was about this size yeah. when he was a senior in high school. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, you know, Randall was was that was that dad who came into my life and really just kind of like nurtured my relationship with Christ. You know, held me accountable, and uh, you know, as a teen, you always there's always up and I mean, even as adults, shoot, there's always up and downs with your walk with Christ. Uh, but one thing that I can say about Christ, like He was always there, 
and it wasn't really until I was about 19 that I like fully submitted my life to uh, to Christ and uh, really started saying, hey, what do you want me to do with my life, right? And so, and because around the way, I was able to see that very, very early. Hey, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for guys uh, like Randall. But there, there was more people, but Randall was the number one. And so, one thing that I've kind of challenged myself to do is really just give back. Not only just give back, you know, to to community in a hey, let me do this for you. Let me get you shoes. Let me get you clothes. Let me get you something to eat. Let me take, man, let me give you the gospel. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so that's that's the biggest thing that's important to me and where God's placed me at. And um, so I can go through every job that I have, but the ones that are most important to me um, is doing youth ministry. That was, that was a great opportunity, uh, you know, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. It was a great opportunity. I learned. I learned a whole lot. I learned a whole I, lot. I've done a little bit of youth ministry. I wouldn't <laughs> say much more. Either. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think doing ministry was probably it ended up being like one of the most difficult times of my life. Oh, for sure. Because it's so different, uh, and and I'm very mindful of what I read in the Word, and it, stuff got to line up all the time. When it doesn't, you have to walk away. Right. So, but anyway, I'll leave that. I'll leave that mm-hmm. at that. But uh, kind of like once I got done with youth ministry, I'm like, Lord, I know you want me working with children. Um, so I spent some time in, in the school system, and I was like, There's something bigger. That you I, did a substitute for a while, yeah, right? I saw, but then I, I I did some pair pro work as well. Um, but then at at one point, I knew that there was more that I needed to do, and uh, the Lord placed me. And when I say placement, he placed me at Boys and Girls Club. And so that's what I've been doing for the last, going on four years now. And it's just been a blessing, uh, trying to be a blessing to kids. Um, and, and here's the cool thing about Boys and Girls Club. When I walk in the door and the kids walk in the door, and I see me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, well, it's only a half <laughs> mile down the road from where you live. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And so the funny thing is a lot of people don't realize that, and I have to tell the kids, you know, they see me up here because I'm the club director. But I sit down, hey, I came exactly where you came from. Yep. I was talking to a kid the other day who was struggling in the classroom. And I was like, hey, man, I know how you feel um, because I was the same way. You know, I struggled to read. You know, I always, I always struggled in the classroom. So I would do stuff to get in trouble so I could yeah. leave. Or I just walk out because I got mad or I didn't want to be embarrassed. So I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Uh, so just to be able to impact kids that way and um, really just know, hey, hopefully when they see me, they, they get a picture of, of Jesus. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, I know I'm, I skipped a whole lot. So nah. I'm sure you got some questions to ask. So if you got some questions to ask them, I'm No, nah, I mean, I think there's something to be said because as you pointed out, you grew up in a, in a single parent home. Um, I myself, like my my biological father was kind of it was whenever it was convenient, you know, is when I got to see him. I had a stepdad that stepped in at one point when I was like around eleven, and and he kind of did some. But for a lot of times, I lived in a single parent home. Right. And for you though, you you experienced that uh, way more than I did. So, and there was also it was this one story. It's been a couple of years ago. I can't remember what it was. You had called me and you had asked me to do something um, or some help with something with a vehicle. 
And you said it as a joke, but it stays in the back of my head. Like every so often it'll ring in the back of my head. And I and I remember because when he asked me for the help, I was like acting like, yeah, it's no big deal. Yada, yada, yada. And he was like, well, I didn't have a dad that taught me this kind of stuff. Right. And I was like, hmm, wow. How, mu- how much stuff I take for granted that even though I didn't have the best father figures, there was enough there that I learned a lot of the basic man stuff you know what i mean or whatever you want to call it i kind of took that for granted and ever since you've said that that day it kind of rings so if you want to go into how do you think uh how important of is it for men to step up their fatherhood game like what are you seeing that's not being done right and how could we make it better as fathers So I, I remember, or I definitely remember that story. And I'm sorry that I put that in. But, you know, honestly, let me let me say this too. That's a huge struggle that I have when I don't know how to do something. Like change the oil. Man, you should have seen me the first time I tried to change a tire. Like nobody ever taught me how to change a tire. Yeah, I was so lost. But I was defeated, like as a man. You know what I mean? Like I'm out here and I have no idea how to change a tire because right. nobody ever taught me. I don't know how to change. I don't even know how to check oil. I mean, I do now, but yeah. like there was one point I was like, "Man, how do in the world do I check oil?" Like I don't know. Like, yeah. And and it and it seems like some things are like just so simple. Um, but yes, yeah, so when, when you talk about like being a father, like I think it's one of the most important things that taking the responsibility of being a dad is like. I think it's the most important thing you could do as as a man, and, and sometimes I struggle with with the fact that like people they don't they don't they don't take care of their kids. Right? Well, it bothers me to see fathers that seem okay being away from their kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a dad right now, there's there's so many components. Like right, right, because there, there's stepfathers, then there's dads. And like they, sometimes they both can be a struggle, right? I've had an opportunity to do both, right? <laughs> and and we, honestly, it's kind of funny because we say we're going to talk about this, but I am going to talk about this, right? So I, I have a stepson, and I remember one of the things that I, that I thought to myself when when I was in a relationship with my wife when when the relationship started is like, man, I could definitely be there for him, right? Right. And I and I tell you from from the time I've been one hundred percent, you know. Oh, I know. Being, being, I know. Being a father for him, but you know what, man? A lot of a lot of the times I, I see what I did as a kid. Like, man, I don't want this. I want my real dad, right? Right. And so th- those are one of the things that can hurt, but at the same time, like going into going into that, like. I was definitely I was a tough dad, right? Right. And uh, you know, our relationship kind of went different ways, right? Way worse than I uh envisioned it, right? I thought it was gonna be this perfect setup. Hey, I'm gonna give him what I never I never never had. Yeah. Uh but the crazy thing is now I realize that I had to experience, you know, in a way rejection. Yeah. And also Hey man, you can really be too tough of a dad, right? You yeah. don't have to be Mr. Macho. You things don't have to be like this, like this. Your way, your way, your way, right? Yeah. Um, so that's some things that I kind of messed up on. So now that I, you know, 
he was probably 10 or 11 before I had, you know, Cam and, well, Cam. So, yeah. anyway, now, man, I'm a, I'm a great dad now. Oh, um, yeah, you are, for but, sure. That was something but, I was going <laughs> to blow your sales up about yeah. a little bit there is how yeah. good of a dad you are and how yeah. much time you take with your kids. But I couldn't do it without not having a dad, not seeing Randall Ray love on me, and also – Kind of failing as a stepfather, I would say. You know, I don't think I don't think most people would say that, but it, to me, it feels that way. You know, um, so, but it it is what it is. Well, in order for it know? to be a failed thing, it means it would have to be over. And it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah, o- yeah, it's yeah, not it's, over. It's definitely not. He's over. A, he's a young man. Young men are going to be what young men be. You know, that's just that part of it. We'll yeah. leave that there. Um, but ask your question again. I don't think I really answered it, or did I? Yeah, I mean, pointing out where we as fathers need to improve, and that is, I mean, it, it's kind of bestowed on us that we got to be these tough, macho, you know, nail grinding type guys, and we see where that gets us. You know, it gets us uh, a bunch of people that ignore their feelings and keep it all trapped in until they have a heart attack at thirty eight years old or something. Right. But you also don't want to be the soupy soppy dad that just lets his kids run all over him oh, either, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. know those guys too. Right. There is that fine line somewhere between being a stern father, and I think it all comes down to: Do you really enjoy your kids? Yeah, and if yeah. you don't, then there's something there you need to work on, and then we'll come back to how to parent because you don't even know what it means to be one yet. That'd right. be my thing. And it's all situational too, because because some people they just. They just don't know how. Right? Yeah. Uh, and when you don't want to know how, sometimes, especially as men, we don't want to fail. So I think that's where it comes in where you realize, hey, that dude really don't want to be around his kids because he's scared to fail. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's one thing. Um, but with me, you know, I was ready to jump in. Like, I'm ready. You know, for my stepson, hey, I'm ready to give this kid something that I never had because his, his his dad wasn't in the picture, um, you know, for you know for a while. He is now, but you know, and then with my kids, hey, I, I'm a just I'm I'm a love on you like I you know like Christ love mm-hmm. on us really you know and uh, really just the thing about being a dad, man, you just gotta you gotta be there and you don't have to be Mister Macho all the time. You gotta be willing to listen. Um, but a lot of times, you know, when you deal with a lot of trauma, no matter what that looks like, like you kind of do it with your own kids or I, whatever, whatever that yeah, may look like. Yeah, we try like. real hard I mean? not to, but it still comes out every now yeah, and then. Yeah. I mean, I try real hard to not be that. But yeah. every now and then it tries to peek out, yeah. you know, and I, I feel bad about that when it happens, but it happens sometimes. And one of the things I always try to do because I know – I know my mom, like, she raised me a certain way, and, like, sometimes that'll come out, right? And when I real, and when I, when I go to my room or I walk away and I realize I was wrong, man, I go back and apologize. For sure. That's yeah. something I've had <laughs> to learn to do yeah. in order to feel right about the whole parenting thing was how to apologize to my child. Yeah. Because I'm like, my mom would never do that. It doesn't matter how much proof you would have that that woman was wrong. She would never <laughs> – she would no, it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. feel like that's uh, one of the things we do differently than our parents did. That's gonna improve the next generation. Yeah. Just a funny story, really quick. And, and this, and this is just like, 
how how I would handle things a couple years ago, then how how my parents would have handled it or my mom would have handled it. But you know, just a funny story, like two hundred and fifty dollars went missing off my nightstand. I have no idea where it's at. So obviously, I'm gonna think my my oldest son took it, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so this weekend, uh, my little five year old Macklin, he's coming up with all kind of money, like. Dude, where'd you get this money from? <laughs> and like at the time that my wife told me, I was I was kind of out of town. I was on my way back. I was like, that Joker took that money off my nightstand. Had you had already accused the oldest one of yes. it? Yes. Oh <laughs> no. Yes. So I'm like, my wife was like, he wouldn't do that. Like, what what would a what would a five year old do with that much money? Nothing. Not, yeah. They just saw it. So why does he hide the remote? I we get, don't know. <laughs> I get home. I said, "Let me see the twenty. Chris said he took the money. I didn't tell my wife. I just said, "Matt, come with me." And so we go up to his room. I was like, "Hey, give me the. Go get the rest of that money." He's like, "Huh?" It's like I only had three dollars. And so he thinks everything's a dollar. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, "No, go get me the rest of that money." He was like, mm, I only had three dollars. <laughs> I said, Macklin, go get me the rest of that money. So he gets up, go to his closet, open up a suitcase, <laughs> and hands me two hundred and fifty dollars out right? of the thousand that's in there. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, I'm looking at that suitcase when he goes to bed. I told my wife, I was like, I'm not gonna whoop him because I'm so mad, right? <laughs> Like, but you can't be mad. It's yeah. like you're mad because of the situation with the oldest boy. Yeah. You're not mad because he, I mean, he's a kid. He's just hiding yeah. stuff. I was like, I want to whoop him. I was like, but I'm not. Man, my mom would have took me up through that. Oh, yes. <laughs> she would have took me up through that. Your last whooping. I remember my last whooping, yeah. too. And it didn't do anything. That's why it was my last whooping. Yeah. But, yeah, 14, 15 years old, tearing my tail up, man. It took that long for me to finally get numb to it. Yeah. And then, you know, grounding sucked a lot more than whoopings did. Yeah, I got so many whoopings. I think I was numb to it at like eight. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, I'm just sitting there. <laughs> People don't believe me when I talk about it. Though. Oh, yeah. You know, like how we used to get beat down back in the <laughs> 80s. You know, you get beat in public back then. And oh, yeah. People just be like <laughs> clapping you on. Like, yeah, get him. You want me to kick oh. him? I get him. Cool. Well, you also, you got some pretty awesome siblings, too. You know, yeah. I pretty much have met your entire family at one point or another. And uh, what's your brother doing now? Uh, so, currently, he, he's working at, I call it Floyd. I don't know the new name, but uh, he's working in therapy. Atrium or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's working as a therapy aide at Floyd. So, anyway. Has he got kids now? And all yeah, he, yeah has he, a, got, he has a three-year-old now. That's yeah. right. Golly. Oh. Well, the, I would say your family, you and all your siblings, were in a perfect recipe to just become another statistic. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And all four of you pulled out and found a better way to go about things. Right, right. Um, so what I was saying, I was actually talking to my sister about this this weekend, which is funny that you mentioned it. But, um, yeah, like, People that were around us or family that was around us, that, that life looked a lot different than ours. Uh, but I tell people all the time, man, it ain't, I mean, it's just God. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's just God um, 100%. 
uh, I definitely wouldn't be where where I'm at today without none of none of us would. Um, uh, we talked about. I mean, we talk about all the trauma, all the issues that you know, you know, that we had to face. Um, and so, yeah, it ain't. <laughs> it ain't. I mean, God had a plan, man. And so, yeah. And he's used you pretty consistently. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. very consistently. You know, just yeah. on a personal note, you know, before we get to wrapping things up and everything. When I was going through a real bad spot, me and you was working together. Mm-hmm. You know, we won't go through where or nothing, but we were both working together. And that's when I would think our relationship really got the strongest. We were right. working together and going to church together. And then uh, my little thing happened, and you were the only person. Really, I mean, you and maybe one or two others out of the church we were going to that stood by me. Right. You know what I mean? And and had my back on stuff. And you just went for whatever the truth was of the situation, not on all. We don't go into all the details. Yeah. You were true to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's something that's always stuck with me is you're like one of two or three people that I know that if I need it, I can call you and you'll be there. I cannot talk to you for two months. And I know if I'm brought down on the side of the road, I'll call Ishmael, he'll get to Oh, you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so that means a lot to me. I just wanted to thank you for that. And is there, like, anything that people need to know about Boys and Girls Clubs? Like, people that don't know that their children need to be a part of something in the evening time like does it cost anything is there grants like give us some information on how to get more kids involved over there and what it takes to get involved uh so the process is pretty simple uh everybody who signs their child up um has to come to the club get an application um so it's 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 very reasonable right uh, and a lot of people don't know this, but uh, it's only ten dollars a week. Um, and so, but to, in order to do that, you do have to have, which which most people have. Um, if you have like Peach Care for Kids, you get food stamps, any other government assistance yeah. that that's provided. Uh, all those people get a discounted price of ten dollars a week. If you don't have that, it's still it's still cheap. Yeah. Uh, it's twenty dollars a week. Um, but there's also a twenty five dollar membership fee that that you have to pay at the at the beginning. But it's ten dollars a week. Um, one one thing that I will say about Boys and Girls Club, um, and and I I, I love to tell people this, but a lot of people just think we're a child care service, um, and we are. But it's just not daycare. Or, hey, got watch, and stuff, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, come. I I need somebody to watch my kids for a couple hours till I get off work. But no, um, obviously when they come in, they get something to eat. Uh, we help them with their homework, but but we also provide programs after homework. Um, so what that looks like is character and citizenship is what we call it. But it's just like character building. And then that we you know we talk about making the right decisions, uh, making the right friends. Uh, you know, making the right choices not only at school or at the club, but also outside of the club. So, um, you know, if we, especially with the older kids, hey, gangs are gonna approach you. Yeah. You know, um, street life is gonna approach you. How do you navigate that? How do you make the right decisions? Um, so we're having conversations like that, and what we call character and citizenship. Obviously, uh, we keep our kids involved in STEM. Um, well, now they call it STEAM, so it's science, technology, engineering, math, and art. Um, so we do a program for that for the kids every single day. Um, so just depending on what age group you are in, 
uh, depends on which day that you did, that you participate participate in those programs. Uh, so we do a lot just to service the whole kid. You know, uh, try to give them tools for life. Uh, you know, a huge shout out to uh, friend. Friendship Baptist Church, man, they've been coming yeah. in and doing a Bible study every Monday. Our kids absolutely love that. Of course, we do have some parents that, hey, I don't want my kid involved, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we do a lot for for the kids, um, and also we're open every single break that that the schools are closed. And you know, the schools that they don't mind closing. <laughs> they don't at all. <laughs> but anyway, the only break that we do take is is the the Christmas break. But other than that, we're open. We're open year round for for kids. Uh, after school is from two to six, and uh, for school breaks and the entire summer uh, is seven thirty to five thirty. So, and then in the in the summertime or let's say fall break or spring break, um, the cost is $20 a kid um, instead of $10 for the week. It's very cost efficient. So, um, Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, compared to like daycare, it's oh, yeah, changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's changed. Yeah. Cool. According, I mean, compared to just about anything, you can't get them Ubered home for that <laughs> much a day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, one Uber ride can get your kids something to do after school. And the good school. thing is, if, if, if they go to the city schools, every city school has a bus that comes um, to, to Boys and Girls Club. Um, so they can go straight to school to there, and the parent can pick them yeah, up yeah. there. The parents, the parents do have to pick them up, but each city school has a bus that comes directly to Boys and Girls Club, either on the south side or or the west side. So, and then my particular club, we pick up at all the purple schools. The bus full right now, but we do pick up at all the purple schools. So, anyway, that's a pretty big. Uh, uh, how many kids do you think you got right now in the program? Oh, uh, so, oh uh, my, daily. We probably have anywhere from from one fifty to um, I would say one sixty on a really really, really? good day. Golly, yeah, yeah. bless it's, your heart. In September, man, it was booming for some reason, and there was days we would have two hundred kids in the building. Right, so that's just at my club. You have yeah. people there to help manage oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's not just me. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see that <laughs> you and two hundred kids. Like, <laughs> There are going to be a lot of hurt feelings today. Hey, we got Band-Aids up front. Y'all have fun. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, cool. But anyway, yeah, just come to come by a club, get an application, sign kids up. Uh, there are some things that we need, but, you know, we'll get that when, when you come by. That's it. All right, then. Sounds yeah. good. Anything else you want to add to this? Anything else you want to share? Any uh, wisdom you need to bestow upon the world? <laughs> um. Putting you on the spot a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. I'm just yeah. joking, but I love your story. Yeah. I felt like it was a uh, a good a good one, and people needed to know it. And people need yeah. to know more about. I mean, I just, I don't know if it's what it is, but I don't know anything about the boys and girls club. Yeah. Like when I was growing up, it wasn't an option. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what it was, you know, because we were broke. But I'm sure they could have. I mean, they could have done something. You know what I mean. But anyway, for whatever reason, I don't have any knowledge of it. And yeah. there's got to be other people that have really not much knowledge of it. And I grew up thinking it was the same thing as the YMCA. And right, it was all right. the same thing. Yeah. And it's different things. Yeah. So yeah, it's something to do. Keep your kids off the street. Right. And uh, is there any programs out there that you know of where 
men do take these other young men and teach them the things that they aren't getting in a a household without a father? Like, is there anything out there? Or is that an idea that I just came up with and I'm going to make it a thing now? Yeah, I think you definitely should make it a thing. I'm not, a, I'm not aware of it, you know. Like a big, um, big brother program type thing? Like, is there anything like that in Rome? Yeah, I believe there's a big brother, little brother, but I don't think it's here in Rome. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, well, maybe we need something like that around yeah, town. Yeah, most definitely. All right, we'll wrap it up. Appreciate coming on uh, Burn On Podcast, hosted by Chris Powell. All right. All right, man. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.